0: I'm a god. Well, what if there is no I'm a god? There wasn't one today. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of It's Time to Rewind, a podcast stuck in its own time loop right along with the movies we discuss. In this season, we're taking a look at Groundhog Day after day after day after day after day. I'm your host, Bubble Wheat, from Flights, Tights, and Movie Nights, and in this episode we're discussing Phil's 34th Groundhog Day, that starts at 81 minutes and 6 seconds, with Phil giving the homeless man a warm meal at the diner, and ends at 82 minutes, with Phil in an alley, having failed to revive the man with CPR. Once again, my guest is No Lawn, author of The Bargain Bin Review. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. It's, it's been a while. How are you?
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing pretty good as well.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Glad to hear it.
0: Now, I, I talked with you a little bit about this before we started recording, but something that I've noticed uh, while I was editing the movie into the specific loops, and I've confirmed it with many of the guests that I've had up to this point, that there is a Mandela effect in this movie. And... Uh, I know we already talked about it, but if I had asked you how many times did Phil try to save the homeless man in this movie, what, what do you think you would have said?
1: I would have said like three or four. I thought there was a. I remember it being more in like more scenes of him doing things for the homeless man and trying to save the homeless man.
0: Yeah, and I I had the exact same thought in my head, and so did everybody else. And you know, they all gave me very different numbers, and uh, you know, I've I actually recorded them. So here's what they all had to say: how many times of how many times they thought uh, that Phil tried to save the homeless man. I got you, baby. How many times did Phil try to save the homeless homeless man's life? Um. I mean I know we get longer bits in the montage and shorter bits. How many times do you try to save them? Um, I would say between half a half a dozen to a dozen, maybe? I think it was I think it was four or five times. <sighs> five five or six. is it maybe four or five? Four
1: or five? I would say at least eight times, maybe nine, maybe more than that.
0: And we see, it looks like four different things of him trying to save the old man. So what do you think it is about this, this man? And, you know, especially just within these two loops, we really only spend two minutes with him. He never says a single word. And yet he leaves this huge impact on the movie as a whole.
1: I think there's two things going on. I think there is a certain amount of the viewer filling in the gaps, which I think is meant to be understood throughout the film. I mean, I, I get for the purposes of of this uh, of this series, and that you're calling out like specific days, but I think everyone is, is fully understands that there are far more days going on than the ones we've seen, right? Like uh, how many? Because how many days? I don't know if this is spoiling things or you know, with the background, but it's you. You. you, This is like the 34th day, or or, you know, is like the 34th episode. But clearly, he has been doing this for. I mean, you could go on go online, and you have people hypothesizing of how many years or decades that Phil has relived this day over the course of the movie. So I think there's a certain, there's a certain element where the viewer adds in a bunch of days and a bunch of different attempts here. And you kind of connect the dots, even though they don't show it that you just assume that he has been probably spent a, a week or maybe a month trying to save this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's that aspect of it. I don't know if you, if that makes sense or not, but um
0: oh yeah definitely and you know i am i've been keeping track myself of how many days i think he's been in here up to this point and then uh, i did get completely screwed up by the ice sculpture day because that just comes out of nowhere and (laughs) and so i kind of gave up a little bit at that at that point point. Just because that that completely threw me for a loop, yeah. but uh, I I had them up to about uh, a year, right before the ice sculpture day.
1: Okay. Yeah, and, and and I've never sat and tried to do the math or anything, but yeah, I know there were there were videos out there, and there's and and you know. Articles out there that are are guesstimating that when all said and done he was there thirty to forty years or something like
0: that. Yeah, Um, and it doesn't help that you know both um, the writer and I can't remember his name at the moment. I should know it because I've mentioned it several times. Mark Rubin and the the director Harold Ramis they've both been interviewed multiple different times across the you know, many different years, like for the 5th, 10th, 25th anniversaries of this film. And it seems like they give a different number each time.
1: Yeah, so true. But uh, in, in fairness to like this sequence here, even even watching it just as being and we didn't get into the nitty gritty of exactly what happens here. I always I never interpret this as happening on the same day. And maybe that's just me.
0: Him feeding him happened one day and then the alleyway happened on a different day.
1: Yeah. At least in my head, I interpreted it as I mean, and as part of that Mandela effect you were talking about, where mm-hmm. we we think we saw like numerous versions of this, but in my head he he took him to, you know, he took him to the diner, and then stuff happened, and he still died. And then on another day, he, he found him. He like he tried to get him out of the alley, but he's still in the alley, and he died. You know, yeah. I could be wrong. It's just how I always I was. That's why I say you know, when you when you look at
0: yeah, like you said, your of, mind like just this. fills in the blanks.
1: Right. So I was actually re you know revisiting this for for uh, today's show. I was like I was surprised because i there's nothing to indicate that they are separate loops but they don't but in my head they were for what that's worth
0: and and for my part whenever i've been editing this the way i would look at it and whenever there's different scenes of him doing different things i would always take a look at it and it's like could these possibly take place in the same day and if the answer was no then i would have to split them up into different days but if the answer was yes then i would keep them in the same day and and i think for the most part it's there's not really any major issues and i whenever i was doing my research uh before cutting this movie up myself uh most most places actually say that he spent, I think, uh, thirty, thirty six or thirty eight days. But I came in just like a one or two shorter than that. So I, I think I did lump together a couple of days that other people might split apart, and this might be one of them. But it, it it makes sense to me that this could very easily have happened in the same day where he,
1: yeah. There's there's certainly nothing to say it didn't mm. right. <laughs> like, and know? then I
0: I think the other one that uh, I think other people might split up is you know going early on whenever he goes to see the neurologists and the psychologists and goes bowling. I have that all in the same day, and I think other people probably split that up into multiple days. But I, I think that you could arguably say that that all could take place in the same day.
1: Sure. Absolutely. No reason, no reason it couldn't. So,
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think another notable thing about this is um, that Phil calls this man who he, he never has a name. He never he never speaks a line. We just uh, we do hear like a, a occasional like uh, grunt. Um, <laughs> which is kind of weird, especially like um, I listened, I watched these loops a few times with headphones, and it, and it is a little jarring because I I never really caught those um, those sounds coming from him before, but he does make a few sounds, which which are a little weird, I guess. <laughs> Is the only way I can put it, but he calls this man, you know, father and dad and pop. Like, what if? What do you make of of that? Do you think that's has any meaning, or do you think that's just like Bill Murray, like his nickname for old for the elderly?
1: Yeah, I I think it's uh it it certainly. Plays as it's at least starts out as a just kind of a an off the cuff nickname, but quickly becomes you get a sense it quickly becomes a um kind of a, a term of endearment of sorts, <laughs> you know that <laughs> you know what started off as probably was just kind of like a, a quip became like some some genuine affection behind it. So I don't I don't think he's. I don't think he's mistaking him for his own father or trying to reenact it. You know, nothing like that. I just think it's uh yeah, I think it's one of those things that started off a very Bill Murray esque, Phil, you know, kind of quip that that became something that had a little more meaning behind it. So,
0: yeah, I, that's that's something where I just have a hard time wrapping my head around that specific thing. Uh, especially because it's, uh, I mean, you, you could look at it, that it does become a bit more familiar other than, I, I didn't go back and double check, but I think early on, he does call him, refer to him as Pops once yeah. in, in one of the early loops. But whenever you're getting into these, the first time that he talks to him, he calls him Father. And then in this one, you know, whenever he's trying to revive him, first he he says dad, and then he reverts to pop, which it's almost, it feels like it's starting off um, more formal and then becoming more familiar, where I, at least personally, I feel like pop is a more familiar term than father or even dad.
1: It is. It's also a little more off the cuff kind of. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make it of it. Other than that, I think he's just, you know, it may also be as simple as they <laughs> they never came up with a name for the character and they're just kind of winging it. <laughs> you know, I think we talked about that last time. A certain amount of of improv on the on the set, and and there is a part of me that wonders if this was something that that Harold Ramis, this whole sequence. He kind of like, oh, we need we need something like this in at this point in the movie, and then just kind of threw it together real quick. I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving the the screenwriter enough credit. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Which it's it, it's also it, it's also weird whenever you compare this. Like uh, I, I know I mentioned it uh, in the last episode, but going back to the the I'm a God. Um, Day where he knows everything. He knows everybody's name. He knows their entire history. But we don't get that with this guy. We don't. We don't know where he's from. We don't know what his name is. We don't know why. Why he's homeless? Is he? Um, is he a wino? Is, is he just? you know is he a veteran is he disabled can he can he even speak
1: yeah that's true and and there's no indication either way in in the film which I, I kind of like you know there's there is so much i love about this sequence and this is this is getting into the other i kind of partially sidestep your your initial question of like why does this have such a big impact on on, on you know the audience um, I think this this sequence, and and maybe maybe before I get too wound up, did we go into like a deep dive of exactly what happens? I feel like I'm about to do a big wind up, and maybe we need uh, to do more detail.
0: No, I I haven't. Like I just, you know, mentioned that it 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 started with them in the diner and ended with him trying to give him CPR, but that's that's the extent of it.
1: Yeah, and I don't unless you had some some caught some interesting things in the background. I mean that is that is it. I mean we're mm-hmm. talking it's, it's a very short.
0: Yeah, it's right literally, here. you know, um as as soon as um he pops up on screen in the previous day to whenever it cuts at the end of this day is exactly 2 minutes of screen time.
1: Yeah. So it is brief. Mm-hmm. And um it is him in the diner, feeding him bowl after bowl of soup, and then some, like, breakfast also shows up, and then... I, I, was,
0: the... I was trying to see if I could figure out what was on that plate, because you you clearly see a, a slice of melon, a slice of cantaloupe. But other than that, I couldn't exactly make out. It might have been, like, a couple eggs. There's definitely, like, a... I don't know if it's French toast, but, or, like, I a was Texas thinking... toast...
1: I was thinking it was like French toast, yeah. Yeah, there also seemed to be like a, a mound of something along with it.
0: And there's like a, a little a paper, like almost ketchup uh, cup, like the, one of those white ketchup cups with some like black stuff in it. Probably syrup, <laughs> I'm guessing. But it looked <laughs> yeah. like something solid, like um, like threads. like um, Huh. Like almost like pickled cabbage, but...
1: Which would be an interesting accompaniment yeah. <laughs> for French toast, but sure.
0: I mean, like, I, I don't think that that's what it is, but that's just the thing that I can come into mind, like uh, shreds of something like black or dark purple or mm. something like that.
1: Yeah, he um, he definitely is trying to stuff him in, the, in that diner. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: I almost wonder if he overeats one of the days. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but then is a smash cut to him in the alley and Phil trying to revive him and give him CPR um which is kind of jarring when you when you're watching it under the microscope I think and I think that's where to you know when you're watching it just as the movie and you're having this the movie is kind of washing over you I think you kind of mentally insert a bunch of days in between of him trying and failing to save this guy um
0: Yeah, and really the only other background detail in this that you can kind of make out is there's a a shopping cart, which, you know, just seems like the stereotypical homeless shopping cart where you just make the the mental jump that that's probably his stuff there in that shopping cart. And this is like his alley.
1: Right. But that is is the the beginning and end of, of this day. Whether it's one day or a bunch of days kind of stacked up, you know. Yeah,
0: um, and, and the more I the more that we talk about this and like the more I I think about it, I I almost want to say that that maybe this old man actually can't speak. And that's a
1: possibility.
0: Yeah. And that's why that would make sense why we don't get his backstory, why Phil has to call him father or pop, why Phil isn't really able to get to know this person
1: right um there is a deleted scene i don't know if we want to talk about it here because i think the deleted scene definitely suggests that phil has gone through this and attempted to save this guy numerous times
0: yeah i i think so too and um the way that the, the the deleted scene is set up it, it feels like it takes place like immediately after, like there wouldn't even be a cut. Um, oh yeah.
1: It's like, a, it's really, it probably like, is an, like extension. an extension. Yeah. It's an extension of the, of the alley CPR scene. Def- oh, it's definitely that.
0: And so in, in this deleted uh, section um, after Phil like looks up to the sky and has his, uh, and we have, we haven't mentioned that Phil You know, I've I've mentioned his facial acting a few times, but he does give this very emotional... You can see that his eyes are kind of glistening with tears as he looks up to the sky at the very end of this. But right after that, in the deleted scene, he covers the man up and walks off screen, and then immediately um, an ambulance pulls up and two paramedics come out, and they check the guy... And one of the paramedics finds something in his pocket. And it's a poem that, you know, we assume was written by Phil. And it reads, Every night by cold bricks glow, I watch the shadow rising from this old man in the snow. At 8.02, he let it go. At 8.02, he let it go. And what I really think is interesting is how this relates to something that I brought up just a few days ago back to that I'm a God scene where Phil was reading poems for every mood. And even though he quoted a poem that wasn't a, that wasn't in the book, the only God can make a tree. One poem that was in the book that I thought would have been appropriate for them to reference was walking through woods on a snowy evening. Mm. And I think especially that combined with this one would have been perfect because that does have the repeated final line and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep and if if they had kept that deleted scene in i I feel like that would have been you know a very thematic mirror
1: yeah I, the poem is lovely and it's a lovely moment I'm glad they cut this part out.
0: Yeah, I I am too. It does um I don't know, just makes it not not too real. I mean I mean, why don't you go ahead while I'm, I'm kind of I guess. Yeah, I mean my so
1: part of it is part of it is so much of the movie you're with Phil the entire time and you journey with Phil and this takes you away from being with Phil. Um it also kind of brings, in, in, in that regard, it kind of brings the movie to even more of a halt, because, mm-hmm. and I think because you're not with Phil anymore. I mean, I, I don't think there's a scene that he's not in. Maybe, maybe at the at the very, very end. But, um, you know, you're you're with him the whole time, and to suddenly pull away from him feels a bit jarring. Um, it's also not. Not the scene I would have wanted to see here. I was I was what I would have wanted to see is basically the same Mandela effect that everyone else had. I wanted to see a more of a montage of him in different places trying to re like doing things for the for the old guy and trying to do help the old guy and then you know and then not being successful. And I don't think you got to you got to do a big drawn out thing. It could have been a couple seconds in each thing. But just to see to really drive it home like, no, he's trying this over and over, you know, in all sorts of different things to try to try to keep this guy, keep this guy alive to get him through the day.
0: Yeah. And I think that deleted scene is only like 30 seconds to a minute. And I think it would work better to have. 30 seconds to a minute of Phil doing nice things for the old man. And in fact, you know, I, I've actually, you know, I'm, I'm still more or less sticking to where the movie is at this point um, in, in the show. So I haven't fully rewatched tomorrow, which is really the last big day, but I'm 95% sure that this is the last that we see of the old man. Like he, he doesn't show up in Phil's perfect day tomorrow.
1: I'm pretty confident he doesn't. Um, I, I mean, you'll probably know it when you see it. But I think, I think it would be damaging to the film if you, you know, because I think after this it goes into the perfect day, and if he walks by him during that perfect day, then you're like, oh, you're just reminded of him. But it does so now I'll get into my big wind up of uh, I think this I think this sequence is crucial to the film believe it or not and and it's it's a weird thing to say because clearly from a plot standpoint you don't need it you could have cut this whole section out gone from him getting better and better at piano playing and ice sculpting and then suddenly we get to that perfect day and here here he is the kind of the fully re- realized version of him. But I think that, I think this is a crucial, crucial sequence to this movie because it takes the movie from being good fun to being great. Um, because you have this moment of him realizing, no, you're not God. There are things that you can't stop, that you can't prevent no matter how much you may want to, or how hard you try. um, That there are some things that are beyond your capabilities and him kind of coming to that realization, but still not losing hope that he can still be, that that you could still be good and that, and, and kind of still learning through this process to think outside of his own wants and needs and his own kind of growth and abilities. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is, this is crucial to the movie in my mind.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And you know, thinking about this, this, uh, these two days, a large part of me has thought that I would actually want to see it spelled out a little bit more clearly that this is Phil learning that he can't change everything like that he can't make everything go his way if he puts enough time and effort into it and certain things he he does just have to learn to accept that this is the way it is and there's nothing that he can do to change it even though we did which is in a way it's it's a mirror of his first date with Rita except for the fact that he actually is able to change that throughout the second half of the movie. By changing himself, he's able to f- go back and, and fix that first date and actually have a, the start of a meaningful relationship with Rita. But this is something that he can't change. And even though a part of me wishes that they would have made that clearer, I think that the brilliance of this movie is that they imply enough of that in these two minutes that they don't really need that because your your head your own head fills in the blanks because they use enough movie shorthand emotional shorthand, and they bookend it with these these nice moments as as much as this. These like last fifteen minutes have really been like an emotional roller coaster. You know, we we see him um, killing himself, and then he's you know he tells Rita that he's a god, and then we have this this romantic or platonic slash romantic day and evening with Rita, and then we have this you know these uplifting days with Phil bettering himself, and a a funny day, or a funny moment with him hugging Ned, and then we go back down again with this old man. And, And this all takes place in the span of just, like, 15 minutes. And that it's able to do that, but you are right there with Phil the entire time, and you are still rooting for him the entire time. And you're not lost, and it's it works.
1: Yeah. Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, there's something to be said about uh, the movie has trained you at this point because you're deep in the movie at this point. Clearly, you know, kind of at the, 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 you know, heading into the third act, um, where it's trained you to kind of insert those days in between the scenes you're seeing. We don't need to see five shots of him getting better and better at piano lessons. Like we get like maybe like two or three and then like, okay, we we get it. He's getting, you know, we've we've seen the we've seen the Rocky training montages before. So but even, you know, early on in the in the movie, you know, when you, you know, all the times he gets slapped or all the times he destroys uh, you watch him destroy the alarm clock. You you get you're you kind of understand that like for however money you see here on screen, it's happening, you know, like ten more times or, you know, ten times as many times, you know, that kind of deal. Which is why where I think a lot of the Mandela effect that we were talking about early on comes from and, and uh
0: Yeah, and, and I've been keeping track of some of the biggest um the most notable moments that are repeated and nothing in this movie is repeated more than nine times. Huh,
1: it's interesting.
0: And the uh, the two events that that are repeated nine times is, um, I got you, babe. Okay. And him at Gobbler's Knob, like with the the uh, Groundhog Day report.
1: Yep. I would have guessed the slap, but I, I think there's there's a there's a cap on the number of times you get slapped.
0: <laughs> so Yeah, and I don't really count that because that that all takes place in one specific chunk. Like right. they're they're all in a row. It's not you know he doesn't come back to the slap, you know, once he gets slapped like seven times in a row, but then you're done. Right. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all the notes that I have uh for this, but You know, I I realized and you know, I I also just realized that I didn't send you this beforehand so I'm gonna spring it on you. Uh, Okay. we, We talked about it a little bit. You know, a lot of people have different ideas of how long Phil has been stuck in Groundhog Day. And so, you know, if you had to put a number on it, how long do you think that he's that he was trapped in Groundhog Day?
1: I I know that people have written articles and done analysis on this to try to determine it, which so I feel like I can't give a unbiased answer, um because people who have actually put some real thought into this have kind of tried to figure it out. My knee jerk would have been ten years, but I've seen a lot of stuff that they've done they figured it out and it's closer to thirty or forty years.
0: Right, so you think thirty to forty? yeah yeah i I think, and you know i've I've been keeping track of this, and the the only thing that I don't like is the majority of those like the majority of the time that you have to account for is all in these last four or five days.
1: Oh, for the becoming to mastering sub- Well, that's what they—that's what those things do. Is they say yeah. like it would, in order to master ice sculpting, you would be have to do put in so many. – what is it like ten thousand hours to master to to become really good at something? Or <laughs> so they yeah, that's they that's like that came from that a
0: out. a book um, called Freakonomics, and that's right. which I've, I think that's basically been debunked. Uh, for the most part. And I know a lot of people come back to that, but I, I've, I'm at the point and and I've read things that, that really say that, that, that idea of the 10,000 hours is really bull crap because there's a lot of, a lot of different factors that come into it. Like um, natural ability, the, um, the talent of like how you're learning. Like if you're learning from a talented teacher or And how much um, directed time that you're putting into it can speed that up a lot.
1: Oh, sure. Um, So, but I, so yeah, I think that's a, that is a very fair uh, argument about it, but there's a lot of scenes that get kind of glazed over because it's played for laughs early on. But if you stop to think about it, must've been a hunk of time and, and a hunk of days to kind of work through. And, and the one that jumps to mind is the robbery. Like he's got that.
0: <laughs> I give that one about two months of planning, like two yeah, months, to, between two months and a hundred days.
1: So, but that's just straight. So I'm thinking it's that plus just like noticing it, the time between noticing it and then having the idea and then you see and then like watching for a while and then kind of piecing it together you know um, and then i cuz i would say it's probably you know the 2 months to 100 days of just getting the choreography of it and such down but i think there's also something to be said about just having the idea and you know that kind of thing so it probably i would say probably closer to you know 4 to 6 months when all said and done and that's yeah, that, just that's
0: actually not yeah Yeah, that that is like for the the planning, I have that. But I did take that into account, too. And like the the number I gave for all of that combined was 150 days, because that's also the same time that he says that he's seen Heidi too over 100 days. Yeah, or over 100 times, which I imagine that that was the time that he was just dating multiple women. um, (laughs) Yeah. And then at some point during that, he noticed this, uh, you know, he thought, well, this would be more fun if I had money. And then that's whenever he gets the idea somewhere early on there and then gets to the point where he's a master at, you know, just a a nonviolent robbery.
1: Right. Did you uh, have you have you pieced together a uh, an estimate or are you are you saving that for uh, for the grand uh, finale? the season well, finale
0: like i said i up until the ice sculpture i my estimate was just over a year okay i had him at about 6 months whenever he um got you know started getting slapped by rita and that that was kind of his low point and then i figure it took him about another 6 months to get out of his depressive funk in order to get to the point where he starts learning about all the different people and starts um, getting to a point where he has the 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 good platonic day with Rita, and then I I haven't really figured out in my head how long he how long he spends bettering himself because that's that's really where the biggest chunk of time is because that's where he spends this time becoming a master pianist or at the very least, you know, mastering a, a song. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about this yesterday, but he, he also does some improvisation and, um, and actually, you know, changes this like he morphs from one song to another so that involves actually knowing enough about music to write his own music like to make changes to the songs that he's playing to where it sounds good so that's not just like learning to play a couple songs
1: yeah and as somebody who cannot play an instrument to save his life i could not tell you how long that would uh (laughs) take to acquire that skill. I know I tried shortly after college, I tried teaching myself guitar, and I got to a point after two months, uh, I was able to play the world's most stilted, lifeless rendition of Green Greensleeves. <laughs> it, it sounded like, you know, I was hitting all the right notes and everything, but it sounded like somebody playing at gunpoint. Um, it, was, it was yeah. Not I, good,
0: so. I I was I'm I'm right there with you. But my go-to was um, chords from Metallica songs. Like I, I was learning to play the notes from One um, and Enter Sandman. So those <laughs> okay. were the ones that I was learning. Awesome. Um, and then one last thing that I've been asking everybody because we have been talking a lot about. There's a lot of days that we don't see and a lot of days where our mind fills in the blanks. But if you had to pick out one of those days that maybe you would have liked to have seen other than, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, maybe seeing more of uh, Phil help, helping the old man. But if there was like one specific scene, one specific day that, that Phil would have had that you would have liked to see, like maybe a deleted scene or something like that, what, what would that be for you?
1: Oof. Um, maybe him getting good enough, like early on, getting good enough at like shooting pool or bowling to start like sharking people. That would have been.
0: I, th- I that think that would that's... have been. I
1: think it <laughs> within character, anyway. Um,
0: I think that's funny that you say that, and and this ha- actually hasn't happened for quite a while now with me asking this question because er- early on there was a, a, um, like a run of th- three or four people almost in a row that said the same thing which actually was a deleted scene in the script and then what you mentioned is actually a deleted scene that I believe that they filmed oh. uh, there is a deleted scene I, I believe because I don't have the the newest special edition to watch the deleted scenes myself but um, there's a deleted scene either in the script or also that they filmed of him like being good at pool and then they're, the one that I'm pretty sure that they did film is him bowling a perfect game.
1: Yeah, it, it felt like uh, – I, I mean I was coming off the cuff on that. I had no idea <laughs> that that was actually a thing. It just seemed like that would have been fitting with uh, Phil as he is early on and when he's really first starting to take advantage of – of his situation where you know like he has the conversation in the bowling alley and you could mm-hmm. see it you could see a scene like that kind of as a, a fast follow to to that conversation it's like oh there's no consequences all right now i'm gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> get really good at pool and just you know hustle everyone and you know that kind of deal yeah. all
0: Right. um that that's that's all I got unless there was anything else that that you wanted to talk about uh before before we go here
1: no other than to say thank you for inviting me on uh i i really do think that this sequence is uh really takes this movie to another level like really it's it's Thinking about it, it's one of those things where you see the movie enough times you really think about it. This is, like I said, this is a whole sequence that they could have just cut, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't have even known it was not, it was missing. But it really makes it something special, and I, I'd have to go back and revisit other time loop movies and stories. But I feel like that's something that they don't often have, um, and maybe because this is a very much a character thing as opposed to a plot thing, so um
0: yeah and i am uh, very and i'm very curious to explore that myself as as this goes on into this show goes on into later seasons like and you know part of me almost wishes that i would have saved groundhog day for you know a later season but at the same time i don't think there's any other movie that i would have rather started with than this one yeah i think
1: because now i'm thinking about it i i think i think palm spring has a has a uh a scene or a moment like this late in it i'd have to watch it again palm springs is is really really good
0: yeah a lot of people have mentioned that i i I haven't seen it yet myself but it's it's high up on my list of of ones to to check out soon excellent all right well you know thanks so much for joining me today oh thank you and uh why don't you go ahead and uh you know, uh, plug whatever you want to plug before you get out of here.
1: Fantastic. Uh, I am Nolan, and uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote a book called The Bargain Bin Review, Taking on the Movies No One Else Will Touch. Uh, you can find that on Amazon by Scott Nolan, the name that my parents gave me. Uh, this book is a collection of 90 handcrafted lovingly rendered artisanal reviews of bad bad movies uh, collected all in one place for you along with some little uh, autobiographical ditties that kind of helps you to understand why I would do this to myself. That's available now on Amazon uh, both on paperback and Kindle versions. So go check that out. It is a rollicking good read if i may say so myself
0: and as always i am bubble wheat you can find me at com. you can find me on twitter at bubble wheat and you can also find the show it's time to rewind on anchor.fm as well as anywhere else you listen to podcasts and we also have a facebook group it's time to rewind a time loop group where you can come and discuss episodes as they come out you can get uh stay up on you know future seasons um, as, uh, as I decide what we're going to be covering and uh, it's a lot of fun there. And you know at, uh, at 904 I end the show. At 904 I end the show. I'm a god. Well, what if there is no, come on, God. There wasn't one today. I got you, I got you, come on, dear. Come on, Pop. Come on, Pop. Come on, come on, Ugh. come on. Breathe. Breathe, Pop. Breathe, Pop.